2: This is the Valentine's Day 2014 edition of Don't Let It Go Unheard, where we discuss news, politics, culture, and sometimes love from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy. The philosophy that upholds the right to the pursuit of your own happiness, which is what I think the framers of our country's founding documents intended for us to have. I'm your host, Amy Peekoff, and joining me soon in the studio will be cartoonist Bosch Faustin. I believe he is on a Starbucks mission, a very noble Mission to get Starbucks for your host and perhaps for himself as well. Yes, it's Valentine's Day. Actually, we're not going to talk that much about love today, although there is one story. If you go to my blog at DontLetItGo.com, there is one story that is related to Valentine's Day and unfortunately not very much to love because the government is intervening Preventing love from being expressed. But go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com, look at the program notes for today's show, and you will be able to see what that is. Overall, as you saw from the title, if you're looking here on Blog Talk Radio, you'll see that we're going to talk about Ted Cruz, who, as is often the case with politicians, well, I guess. They disappoint us usually, so disappointing is not surprising. The inspiring part is actually surprising, and it makes the disappointing part that much more disappointing. But we will talk about what it is that Ted Cruz has done that inspired us and then what he did that disappointed us. We'll also talk about Rand uh, Rand Paul. Now, Rand Paul finally did sue the NSA, filed the complaint and did a press conference and all that. And it turns out that I found in doing a little research for the show today, that there's perhaps a disappointing aspect to this. I mean, I asked kind of just, you know, to intrigue you to listen to today's show, I asked, does Rand Paul's class action lawsuit have some real substance to it? Or is it just a political stunt? And I intended that judgment to be based on the content of the complaint. And what I found in preparing for today's show is that while the content of the complaint seems pretty good to me, it seems about as good as it could be, given the sort of thing that he's doing, and yet we're still going to be disappointed and we're still going to wonder whether it's a political stunt because of some of the the behind-the-scenes things that we learn about from the Washington Post. So that was kind of surprising to me and disappointing to me, In preparing for today's show, we are dealing with politicians. But still, I, I like Ted Cruz. We just do have to say those things about him that disappoint us. And there's other things that we're going to talk about. And towards the end of the show, I have a couple of good news stories. And we don't have to reach very far to get those good news stories. They were available in much of the kind of mainstream Internet media this week very easily. So that's what I've got. If you want to comment on anything that we talk about today, you can either call 760-888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. Or chime in in the chat room over here at Blog Talk Radio. I see a lot of you are there. And we do have Ed Powell in the chat room attending live, which must mean, as we joked about over on the page on Facebook the other day, that he must be Snowden. Snowed in. Ha ha. Snowed in. Snowed in. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, it's a really bad, cheap joke. And especially those of you who are snowed in... Uh, Robert NYC in the chat room says like, he says he can't he guesses that every week can't have all bad news and that's true I don't think that any week actually has all bad news but if you're doing a once weekly show and you have only two hours and you're looking at the events that are probably the most important out there you're gonna have a lot of bad news because the the trend in the country right now is just not all that good I hear some. Some door slamming. I think I hear some coffee arriving sounds. Yay, some coffee arriving sounds.
1: Coffee arriving
0: sounds and some people who can't drive.
2: Oh, people who can't drive. Oh, that's not good. No No accidents, I hope. Seriously? No. Okay, good. No accidents. Nice to hear no accidents. I don't want any uh, bad news to get too close today. How about that? How about that? No accidents. We don't want any accidents. Anyway, let's get in. First of all, you know, the FAA, they are just spoil sports. And we've talked about them before. Remember, Amazon announced and described its intended delivery program, delivery by drones, in which you would get your order within about 30 minutes of the time that you placed it, if it was something that was light enough to be carried by a drone. And the FAA, of course, can't get around to stopping their coffee breaks or their smoke breaks or whatever. And they're not going to publish the regulations for this technology, the use of this technology in a retail context until 2015. So all these people keep up coming up with these great ideas for the use of delivery drones. You know, just looking at what Amazon's Jeff Bezos has announced and described. They said, hey we can do this, we can do that. Why not deliver flowers by drone. Most of the time, a flower arrangement doesn't have to be too heavy. There are certain times of the year where you need a lot of extra delivery personnel. It would be nice not to have to hire extra people. It also would be nice, I've heard from some people who were working in the florist industry, that they're having to work from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. nonstop around the clock, around the time of Valentine's and other flower delivery intensive days of the year. So somebody at flowerdeliveryexpress.com got the great idea apparently that they wanted to deliver flowers by drone. And this sounds awesome. Now, maybe you'd think, okay, it's not that romantic. But when those people come and they're hurried and rushed and they're delivering flowers at your front door, do you think they deliver them in such a nice way where, you know, you get some idea of what the message – no, no, no. I think it would actually be cuter to have the little impersonal drone. It would be more novel to me anyway at this point. I would love to see this. Commerce Township, which uh, the – it's WWJ. Where is Commerce Township? Do you know where Commerce Township is? No. Is that in New Jersey? I'm not sure exactly where this is. I see all sorts of local advertisements on this page. Anyway, I've got the C. Oh, it's Detroit. Uh oh, of course. Okay, so it's in Michigan. Someone in Michigan. And again, these people, I think it was Michigan and then Minnesota. These people yeah. in the Minnesota north, you know. <laughs> what would you say? they're trapped that's why they're having these good ideas there was a guy is the snow. oh yeah they're trapped in the snow but remember the guy who had the idea for the delivery of beer 12 right. packs of beer over the lakes the frozen lakes so he was going to give it to the ice fishermen the drones were going to fly over the frozen lakes and give them the beer
0: and the government's going to test it with politicians first to see if it works you know, for about a year yeah.
2: just deliver the beer to them Yeah, I like to, it you know,
0: to see if it works and then they'll green light it
2: <laughs> um Commerce Township which I guess is in Michigan. This is a Commerce Township floral delivery company says that the Federal Aviation Administration has grounded its experiment in delivering flowers by unmanned mini helicopter. Why do they call it that instead of drone? Not sure. I guess it I guess drones sound ominous to them. Uh, I they,
0: guess. That's
2: what a drone is. Flowerdeliveryexpress.com said the FAA has informed them that commercial drone use is only allowed on a pre-authorized case-by-case basis and told the company to knock it off. Now, wait. Okay, this is the first that I've heard that there is some commercial drone use allowed.
3: Hmm.
2: I thought that all commercial drone use was banned. It would just be like the Obama administration or Obama's FAA to grant special favors to particular vendors and let some, you know, pre-authorized case by case basis. Yep. I bet they're all Obama's buddies or donors no, or bundlers it. or whoever. Oh, that's the, that, that that's truly disgusting. Um, so it says Cupid's wings have been clipped, said the company's CEO Wesley Berry. he had that prepared.
0: That's right.
2: It says but at least the FAA was nice about it. The FAA was extremely professional and polite. He said, I couldn't have been chastised in a nicer way.
0: That's funny. <laughs> very
2: um, Barry said he agreed with the FAA's characterization of delivery drones as, quote, flying food processors. And that drone delivery operators probably needed regulation, like trying to avoid mishaps and insurance should they occur. Okay, so you're in business. And you're going to have a new drone delivery program, and you're not going to have insurance against lawsuits should there be an accident with your drone. Could you imagine being a businessman and not preparing for oh, no. tort lawsuits, I, yeah. negligence lawsuits? Oh,
0: no doubt about it, especially in this climate.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> Could be contract lawsuits, you know, breach of contract if the drone. Flies in through the customer's window by accident, you know.
0: So state defines rights. So maybe President B. J. Clinton will have a large drone deliver bimbos to him. <laughs> you no, know, I guess a drone will have drones to deliver to him. I mean, they're drones, more or less, right? Clinton's <laughs> ladies,
2: the ladies who sleep with Clinton,
0: they're drones. Mentally.
2: You know, I, I'm still want to hear. I, I want to follow up on what happened with the Hurley thing. Hurley swears right. that she's going to file a libel suit that she didn't have this big year-long affair with Bill Clinton. blah. blah it blah, sounds
0: blah. like yeah. in character. It sounds very, very possible. You know, <laughs> I mean, would anyone not believe it? It's like, well, it's probably happened, but we don't know.
2: I I like state defiance's jokes here in the chat room over here at Blog Talk Radio. He's saying now, I bet Hillary's drones will make corkscrew landings. I'm liking the jokes. What I don't like about the jokes is the assumption that Hillary's going to be our next president. Yeah. I don't like it.
0: And I don't think she will be. I don't. I don't like it. I think she's already done. I mean, she's... uh... He needs some new blood, and after eight years of Obama, people will be sick of him like they were sick of Bush, like they were sick of Clinton. It's just the way it happens.
2: You know, Joel has a nice comment here. Not for any here. principled
0: reason, just they're, they're tired of these people for eight years. Sorry.
2: Look at, look at Joel's comment here over at the chat room. It says, Obama will let commercial drone delivery happen
3: yeah. as
2: long as they're unionized. Now, you would laugh, right, because you'd say, okay, the drones are unionized. Yeah. But think about this. Maybe this is why they're putting it off. They're saying, well...
0: How can
2: we no, and think about the, And think about the timing of it too. Think about the timing.
0: How we? How can we skim as much from this possible? Well, okay, there's isn't. that.
2: But but the, the thought that came to my mind was that this is going to put some union guys out of work.
0: Yes, yes it will.
2: Because all you Truck need is probably is this, you need that, you need yeah. basically Delivery one man, guy yeah. one guy who's really good at video games to manage all these drones. Also, the post and office
0: less work for our government workers, you know. Ex- who exactly. So, and so
2: the FAA conveniently yes. conveniently is not gonna put the regulations out till two thousand fifteen, which just happens to be after the two thousand fourteen yeah. midterm elections, after Obama's no longer up for reelection. Hmm. Yeah. How convenient. Yeah. Obama's eager to use the technology to shoot down people and pretend he actually is a commander in chief. Oh, yeah. But to pretend to actually let people make money and produce uh-huh. and enhance that, their that, lives.
0: Yeah, that's a crime I mean, come yeah. on the on. That's a crime unto itself. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What what I was going to say is that the only love that the FAA believes in
0: hmm. is brother love. That's right. Brotherly love. That's good. <laughs>
2: Brotherly love. I like it. It's all about the collective and what's good for the collective. If you want
0: to deliver. It's not
2: about love. Expressions if, yeah. of love by sending flowers. If you want
0: to deliver gifts to the no. Muslim world, they will allow it. They will mm. sign on the bottom line, green light it, ASAP. Short sure of that, and mm, No. Nah.
2: Oh, and listen to this. FlowerDeliveryExpress.com was actually going to deliver free roses. It said it had had intended to deliver as many free rose bouquets as possible to its beta test Hmm. group on Valentine's Day to benchmark the delivery capacity of its drone. And they weren't able to do this.
0: Can I just make a, a comment about Valentine's Day? Of course. The you know, Muslims are bitching again about Valentine's Day. They do it every year. They uh, have laws against it. They scream against it. They call it evil. Every name in the book. So I just tweeted I said, uh, Muslims who are bitching about Valentine's Day again, may your women enjoy the day with an infidel. That's all. Just, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't get any uh, love, though, from Muslims. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe it didn't go over well.
2: Maybe the FAA and the Muslims uh, are expressing their love to each other because they certainly aren't doing it here. No.
0: And and my cousin said, uh, infidelity. Yeah
2: infidelity that's a terrible one that's really truly (laughs) truly terrible so I think now that we know what the FAA's agenda is and I think it was partially revealed thanks Joel for making the comment over here at the Blog Talk Radio chat room it's it, they're going to put union workers Mm -hmm. out of a job
0: and they don't want
2: to let that happen
0: no, they they need those votes he's, he's
2: against ATMs
0: we, he sure. already said they, that publicly. ATMs, they steal jobs, right? Because
2: yeah. uh, I, I, was, I was thinking, a, you know.
0: Wait, ATMs are job thieves, right? That's the idea?
2: They are. Yeah. They are. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about this. I mean, here's Jeff Bezos. Isn't he a big donor to the Democrat Party, so. basically? I,
0: you know, at least he's been painted that, that way. I don't know.
2: He's got this program. In his, he's, in
0: his business deal, he probably isn't that way. Ready I mean, he's to probably, go. He's a capitalist by, by his profession, but whatever.
2: I don't know. He could be he could be somewhat like a jobs, you know, where he's kind of confused about such things. Probably is. But here he is, he's ready to go. And how hard could it be to write the relevant regulations? And I just couldn't imagine why they just couldn't get it done, especially when supposedly Obama would like the economy to recover. Be able oh, to tax following. us more because there's no. But more. he keeps
0: talking about the economy as if he hasn't been president for the last five years. He goes, "Uh, things you know, things are getting better. Things things are bad. Things get better." By the way, be- Bezos, um, Robert said he leans left politically according to his bio, but he did get rid of some uh, jackass leftist writer who worked for Washington Post, which he just bought and put in, um, some uh, clearly conservative.
2: Oh, Volik, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah the Volik conspiracy, conspiracy guys will
0: be on yeah. the website of Washington Post uh, officially. So there's something there. A leftist wouldn't do that.
2: They're already there. I've actually drawn on them already there. A leftist
0: wouldn't do that. They wouldn't want competition, ideological competition at all. So there's something about that. Plus, he's a businessman, so I guess he's more rational liberal. He's a little more rational.
2: Believes in true diversity. There are such people. I mean, yeah. I I have had colleagues who are liberal in the sense that they don't want to hear any other ideas opposed oh, to theirs. Yeah. And then I've had colleagues who are liberals and do believe in true diversity, meaning so can, diversity of ideas. So,
0: so they, can, they can skim up your ideas and be parasitical. That's what?
2: I mean, you know, if they're truly, if they're... Some of them are like that. No,
0: but some of them want some brains around so they can pick off them. You know, it's true. It's not it's not an actual thing. Well, they, no, they want no. That.
2: And, and, that, and I think any rational academic would want people who challenge their views, and they would want to share ideas with them.
0: A healthy so, mind would right. want that, yes.
2: So they, they they, would, you know, tell me their ideas for some research that they're doing, and I would say, well, what about, uh, this, and and what about can, this, and what about this, and what about this? Good
0: stuff can come from that. No doubt. Of
2: course, of course, of course. So it's, it's good to hear that about business. But the point being, why, you know, I mean, Obama should like this guy. Why not let him do this now and create more wealth and improve Americans' lives? because of the unions. And, you know, he owes one to the unions oh, yeah. because...
0: They backed him up with Obamacare. Obamacare.
2: They, they already feel like they got screwed over for yeah. that. There was so a comment he here by them. Elliot in the chat room that I want to get to. He said, now the delivery guys huh. will be free from being Colorful. job-locked. locked in their jobs. How terrible it is to have a a job that pays and pays well.
0: Well, these are anti-work people. I mean, that's that's their ideology. They are anti-work fundamentally. I mean, what job has Obama had outside of the uh, public sector? I mean, seriously. What? I don't know. I don't know.
2: (laughs) And the chat room says rational academic. Is that like winning the lottery? Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, talking about the hypothetical platonic form of the academic.
0: But they exist. They do. They're they're a rare breed, but they exist.
2: They definitely do. So FAA is about brother love, poo-poo for real love. They are scrooges about the flower delivery. A couple things here. I just wanted to, if you haven't listened already. You should listen to the show from last week, which is, yes. I'm happy to say, the most listened to yeah. show I've ever done here at Blog Talk Radio or anywhere for that matter because yeah. I've had my most listeners at Blog Talk. I was for a short period of time doing shows through GoToMeeting yeah. or GoToWebinar. Which the, the sound, sound quality was, was excellent. That's it. Yeah, it was such a pain because everybody had to register in advance and all this. It was crazy. Yeah. So I was definitely glad to come over As here to Blog Talk and have live callers and all this. This is good stuff. By the way, you can call 760-888-5817. But last week was the most listened to show ever yep. uh, with Ladar Levison. If you haven't heard the interview, definitely listen to it. I was really happy and I was um, I was surprised actually because – I was a little bit worried that he would be leaning towards the libertarian anarchist side. I didn't know much about him. I just know that there are a number of people in that realm Mm -hmm. um, who lean that way. I know that Edward Snowden has made a couple of comments of a foreign policy variety that sound a little like Ron, you know, Ron Paul about, you know, saying that fewer people are killed by terrorists than are killed in bathtubs or, I mean, it was, you know, that kind of, stuff that you hear
0: people saying it was a great show because i wasn't there look (laughs) they didn't say because i wasn't there but it's just it's implied that was the best show ever oh boss wasn't there sorry
2: (laughs) i just thought it was a mean he he gives a really good interview and i really and i really enjoyed it which i think shows
0: he's very thoughtful he definitely pauses before he speaks he's very conscious about what he's saying that he's you know almost, almost careful which is which is a good quality
2: he, and is, then, he uh, is very careful. Yeah. The thing that surprised me is that I'm actually more radical yeah,
0: than he is. In but that, also, he can't express himself fully right now either. I mean, he went pretty far because he's it's it's pending true, his. True. So he had to hold back a little. But still. It was but good.
2: when he was talking about what he thought the proper policy would be towards telephone service providers, he yeah. said that he was not against requiring those providers to retain telephone metadata for 30 days, for right, example. Right. And I do not think that they should be regulated at all. Now, I do believe that there's probably a legitimate business purpose for standard metadata to be retained by the phone company, namely that they have to give you a bill. And they probably do, as a normal course of business, retain that data for a few months because bills aren't always paid right away. They need to have records. Um, So I think that phone companies do retain this and that they would continue to retain this. I don't think you need to require them to retain uh, metadata for 30 days, but he said he wouldn't be against that. I would be against it. I think that...
0: And as you mentioned to him, maybe it, maybe it is time for him to re Atlas Shrugged with his, with his new content.
2: Yeah, I, I told him not only would he understand more because of everything that he's been through in no. his battle versus the government, but it, he it would, would probably find it a little more it, sobering. It would
0: buttress his position as well, I think. Just where he's at, where the government's at, and where the the book was.
2: The other interview that I had a fun time with this week was when I was guest hosting for Tammy Bruce on Tuesday. Most of you, if you listen on Tuesdays, you know Bosch is hanging out with me for the first hour, and then in the second hour, I often have an interview. And I interviewed Alan Butler. He's the head of Liberty Express Radio, where this show is rebroadcast on the weekend. And I interviewed him and got to ask him about a lot of things that I don't completely understand, like the government's reporting of job data, um, misreporting, misreport. Well. The government reports it okay, but we get the filtered reporting in the media and from our politicians. So he explained how that worked. He explained inflation, the various indices of inflation, uh, you know, and, and really some sobering numbers with respect to inflation over the past several decades. Just a lot of good economic data. It was, I said, depressing. He says, well, it's just sobering because that's just the way it is. But he, you know, it's interesting. He's optimistic because he says, yes, he thinks this country is headed for a collapse. He thinks that's inevitable. He describes where we are as basically 10 seconds to go and we're 20 points down in a basketball mm-hmm. game. And so there's really no way around it. But at the same time, he says, well, look, Britain was the last great empire. They collapsed. They're still doing OK. He described it he says, they're still wearing Burberry over there. <laughs>
0: Wait, burkas? They're still wearing burkas over there? No, Burberry. You know. I'm joking. But they're wearing burkas as well. And that's the problem.
2: Yeah, of course. I think Britain is not United States. I think the United States is exactly. unique in history. That's the
0: whole point. And Whenever someone try to say, "Well, many countries," we are not many countries. There is one United States American history, and there will be only one. And and that's really, t- I mean, it's so clear to me because we've been around for over 200 years. No country has adopted our constitution. You know, we're so unique that no country even said, you know what, this is probably the greatest document, government document in history and we're still not going to adopt it because, you know, that's not us. Who knows why? But they're not us. No one has ever been us and no one can ever be. And that's why I think we could survive this, unlike any other country, any other unquote empire in history. I'm sorry.
2: Right. No, I I think that we can. I think that we can. And I think that if we do, it's going to be because of, politicians like Ted Cruz. Yeah. Potentially Senator potentially. Rand Paul, although I am so Yeah I'm very skittish about him and, and we'll talk about some stuff today that
0: I mean to me, you know even
2: enhances that.
0: Despite what we disagree with with Ted Cruz, I think he's a virtuous person. Uh, Paul on the other hand is good and bad. And that's that's always bad. If you can be good and bad, you're no good.
2: Ed in the chat room is asking, are these shows in the Dropbox? For those of you who don't know, if you are a supporter of this show, and you can become a supporter by going to my blog at com, you will have access to podcast recordings of all the Tammy Bruce guest host appearances. And I gather there's still going to be several more this semester. She's been having us fill in pretty regularly on Tuesdays. There's a couple Tuesdays that I won't be able to do because of other commitments, but I think it's going to be uh, a regular thing for a while here, which I'm very happy to have that opportunity, get more experience, see what it's like to be a more regular talk show host. I I still don't know whether I'd have it in me to do every single day, five days a week. Well, but if someone offered me a paycheck i would sure give it a try If a our shot. Symbol is, <laughs> as of today
0: hey can you uh, can you f- fill in excuse me this week Every day, three hours a day,
2: you know what five I would days say, a week, could honestly, you do it? You know what I would say, honestly? I'd say first, you've asked Mark Stein, right? <laughs> right. Because he's so excellent. I think I'd rather hear him. Mark
0: Stein is so good. I, I would rather hear him than Rush. I mean, he, he really is. I mean, he's one of the Well, no, but I, host, I'd
2: rather right? have him do Mark Stein than, than me yeah. first. But I would love the opportunity. Well, but what
0: I'm saying is, would you accept it if you offered it today? Of, of
2: course yeah. I would. Of no, course. You,
0: you dive in and do the best you possibly can. No, of course. You, you have two years, over two years on your belt. Almost, mm-hmm. almost three, actually. Yeah. But so, I, if, if opportunity uh, presents itself, I, I
2: think my show is a little geekier and a little less entertaining than some of these people. That's, that's kind of my honest assessment of it. But let's, you want to dive in? Oh, I want to announce one cool thing, though. I have arrived as a real talk show host in a certain way in the sense that I have a sponsor, a real life, <laughs> no joke. Sponsor. I always loved when Sunny Loman, when she was doing her podcast for a little while, she says, I forget, she had some sort of generic sponsor name.
0: Which was no sponsor. Which
2: was no sponsor. And so she read the ad as if it was a sponsor. Well, I would like to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Audible. And Audible is a sponsor that I can stand fully behind. Why? Because I am, and I was ever before I was approached to do this, an Audible customer. And why is that? Because I drive in LA traffic. Mm. <laughs> There's a special link that you can go That's to cool, if yeah. you would like to get a free trial. You get a free audiobook and a free 30 day trial at Audible. You just sign up at the special URL assigned to particularly this show. It's not this trial is not available if you just go to the website. So go to audibletrial.com forward slash And then my name Amy Peikoff, A M Y, P E I K, O F F, like the word off. Frank, Frank. So if you go there, you can sign up, get get your free trial, win-win. Support the show. Very cool. And enjoy. I actually, I think I'm going to re-listen to Atlas Shrugged via Audible.
0: When I said one in the in the chat room, uh, there's a version by Christopher Hurt who um, did the um, the audio version of the. The original Underbridge Atlas Shrugged, and now there's another one, Scott Brick. Mm-hmm. Has anyone heard that? I heard a little of it. I'm not crazy about it, but if you could tell me if, if it's good or not, I'd like to listen to it myself, just out of uh, variety.
2: Well, I'm going to get it and listen to it so I can tell yeah. you. Yeah. But there, there is over. Robert one... likes
0: uh, Scott Brick's better.
2: Oh, excellent, excellent. Okay. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm about to get it. I've got some credits to spend myself, but. I uh, have gotten several titles and listened, and I really like being able to use that commute time. Yeah, <sighs> I have too much commute time. 150,000 different titles to choose from at Audible, so go ahead and check it out. That's that's enough promo for today. So let's let's dive into. Yeah, cruise. yeah.
0: Joel Joel mentions the Edward Herman the abridged one. Yeah, absolutely not. I heard that myself.
2: I I didn't even see Edward Herman. Gabriel on Audible. she loves
0: Scott Brick's version as well. You know what, Greg? I mean, just on a sheer audible level, I prefer Scott Brick's voice. He has a more masculine, deeper voice. Uh, Christopher Hurt, a little high-pitched, but he was really nuanced in his uh, you know, interpretation of the characters. You could tell that they were different. I, I'm assuming that Scott Brick does the same. I hope so. I'd like to hear it again.
2: It can make a difference because there's one book that I was listening to recently, and I really liked the content, but I saw why the book was on sale. Occasionally, they'll have titles on sale. You can get three for two credits or something like that. You'll see if you join Audible. And the reader was so robotic sounding; mm. mm. you could just tell that the 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 reader's tone and his pace and how monotonous he was wow. did not suit the content of the book one And bit.
0: sometimes they fight it. narrators. You could tell that you know they're not really on board with a lot of stuff, and you could tell. Um, Joel, you know, Joel says that uh, it was very good though. That Edward, yes. Uh, Edward Herman's version was good, but it was, it's a bridge. It guts the book. It guts the book. And how the hell can you listen to Atlas Shore? So you're it, talking it, it about Edward Herman's yeah. version
2: of the Fountainhead that is uh, good, uh, right? I
0: think he did Atlas as well.
2: Okay. I
0: think he may have done that as well. I believe he did. By the way, I heard so he, it.
2: he did an abridged version of Atlas, and then yes. he did an unabridged version of the Fountainhead.
0: Maybe he did. I'm not 100 sure, but I know I listened okay. to him. And after I heard the, uh, the uh, unabridged version, there's no way you can go back and listen to a gutted version. You just I I can't do that. The book is the book. It is what it is. You have to read the entire thing.
2: Well, and and if you're driving in L.A. traffic, you've got all the time in the world. Listen to the unabridged version, no doubt. One thing I tried to do, and maybe people will disagree with me about this. I once did a cross-country trip driving and I tried to listen to Leonard Peikoff's book, Objectivism, The Philosophy of Ayn Rand, Opar. <laughs> I find I find Opar I impossible well. yeah. to digest auditorily. That, well. that book needs to be read.
0: Yes. You and need then to be able
2: to stop and you, read over and mark own on it. it.
0: You need to own it and then listen to the audio. I mean you need to own the book.
2: We're starting to have these little in-objectivist conversations here. But over here at the chat room at Blog Talk Radio, anyway, let me know what you think if you agree. I found Opar. I think that's really difficult to listen to. I think there are other things that you could take in. I could see being able to take in a lot of the virtue of selfishness or other of Ayn Rand's nonfiction. But here's Joel in the chat room. He says... OMG, and I don't know that that <laughs> Joel does the OMG thing too often. He says uh, that he and his girl, his wife, excuse me, I'm sorry, uh, tried to listen to OpArt on a 10 hour drive, and it no, did not no. work. You've gotta yeah. be
0: absolute focused. You can't do something in the meantime. You can't walk or even or even drive. You really, and you really driving
2: can't. doesn't take that much effort. Although driving, if you're actually on a long trip and you actually have to be paying attention a little bit, maybe Probably. that's why. Probably. But I I would. I mean, maybe today if I listen to Opar now that I'm more familiar with the philosophy, I could do it. This was many, many years ago that I tried to do this, so I, I don't know. I I don't think it. Uh, also, he says the narrator for Opar had no inflection. Yes, it mm-hmm. is so yeah. hard when they don't have right. inflection. They don't bring the book to life.
0: They don't understand the book. They're 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 scanning it with their eyes and droning on with their mouth. I mean, that's that's what they do. So. Uh...
2: Oh, we do. We have a comment here. Let me see who this is. Hi, who's this?
3: Hi, Amy. This is Debbie.
2: Hi, Debbie. Hi, Debbie. How are you? Are, are you? Uh, you have a comment on audiobooks?
3: Yes. Well, this is a subject dear to my heart because I too have California traffic to contend with up here in the Bay Area, and I'm a I'm a avid customer of Audible also. Um, sounds like we kind of have the same idea, but I heard you guys talking about OPAR, and, um, yeah, I have that on audio book, and I agree that it's definitely a lot. Like, I can do it, but what I constantly end up doing is, like, pausing or, like, on my iPod, you can hit this little button that goes back 15 seconds, and, you know, like, maybe I'll go back over something uh, but I can I can make it work because it's just I really might want to read that book um, and and when it comes to getting time to read a print book, there's very scarce little time for me to do that. So I just kind of make a way make it work with the audible.
2: Right. So if you're really really motivated, you can make that work. But perhaps a different narrator who paused a little bit more, who had more inflection, could make it more digestible, yes?
3: Yes, and also who could pronounce all the words. This narrator oh, no. drives me crazy. Oh, she yeah. says Aristotelian instead of oh, Aristotelian. No. And, yeah, like, if you listen <laughs> to I, I it, oh, for it. For. <laughs> oh, it's, so, it's so annoying. Um, you know, I mean, it's worth it to listen to the book, but still, like, she just, destroy it, the pronunciation for so many things.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, then kudos to you. Have you made it through the whole book? How far have you made it? Oh,
3: I've read it multiple times.
2: Nice. Okay, Yeah, and see, I guess if you did it multiple mm-hmm. times, yeah. then anything that you kind of missed because it went by too quickly the first time you get on the next time, and et cetera. So I think that would work okay. I, I may have to try that again as well, but I, I think I'm going to go for the brick first, the brick atlas yeah. shrugged, and do that first. I'm going to have some fun with that. And, uh, I just actually got
3: done listening to that. And, uh,
0: and did you like it? Did, did oh, you like it? Yeah. His... yeah. Okay, I think cool. he does a good job.
3: He does. Excellent. He, um, yeah.
0: Have you guys, Excellent. either
3: if you, heard any
0: of it? or? I heard or the uh, Christopher Hurt one from years ago, from I guess 20 years ago, if not longer. I've, I've heard that one again and again. I, I haven't heard the uh, Scott Brick one.
3: Well,
2: I want to I want to try it. So I would say anybody who's listening to this show who thinks, oh, she keeps talking about Ayn Rand and Atlas Shrugged, and I haven't read Atlas Shrugged, but I'm curious. Uh, I don't have time to sit down and read a book, but I have a commute. I would suggest grab it and, and listen to it, and you're going to have many hours of your commute time filled where you do not have to think about whether there's a Chris Christie or equivalent thug. Using traffic as a, a weapon, tool to serve weapon. his vindictive impulses. <laughs> I, Wait,
0: you just said Christy. I got to go eat something. Hold on.
2: Oh yeah, we got to eat something if we talk about Chris Christie. Anyways, well, I'm I'm glad that you are a subscriber, Deborah, and we're gonna actually go on and talk about the substance of the show. But what I'm gonna do before, so so thanks well, uh, thanks well, for calling in. But feel free to. Put the question icon again if you want to talk well, about some of the Ted Cruz stuff I think in a the second. best
0: way to take an atlas is to watch uh, the movies, Fart 1, Fart 2, and Fart 3 in audio. Uh, you know what I mean? That's probably the best way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Love Me's Peace.
2: Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna say no comment on that. Anyway, uh, th- thanks, Debbie. And so what I want to do is give out the URL one more time. Go to... It's not totally ot- um, yeah, it didn't actually mute here. I don't know why it did that. It's still live. Okay. Let me see if the thing will do it. Okay, here we go. And go to audibletrial.com forward slash Amy Peikoff, A-M-Y-P-E-I-K-O-F-F. So that was like an infomercial for Audible that we just
0: did. Was, my... I mean, it was really good. <laughs> that was the best one I heard. I mean, usually they just run off after that. We were actually talking about the going Well, we're audiobook.
2: not going to do that each time, but I will tell you what I've been listening to, and sometimes certain books I listen to, maybe I don't want to talk about it but the one book that I have been listening to recently I would not recommend because the narrator was very flat he didn't have the inflection and while the content of the book was good I wouldn't recommend the audio recording but as and when I have those I will recommend them to you so let's talk about Ted Cruz Ted Cruz some people are saying that Ted Cruz betrayed the Republican Party this week some people might think that this is the The thing. The
0: party has betrayed America every week, but (laughs) go on.
2: Some people might think that the reason I would think that Ted Cruz disappointed us is the thing that I'm going to talk about right now as Ted Cruz inspiring us, right? Some people were disappointed with Ted Cruz when he did the thing this week that inspired me. Ted Cruz filibustered the debt ceiling vote. And I'm completely, you know, completely with Mark Levin when I was talking about the debt ceiling vote, which had just happened before we went on the air on Tuesday with Tammy Bruce's show when we were guest hosting for her. They call it a so-called clean mm-hmm. debt ceiling bill
0: by filthy bastards, you know.
2: And whenever I use that word "clean" in conjunction with a debt ceiling bill, I always say "so-called" or I try to put it in scare quotes, because whatever it is. They're
0: by politicians, A.K.A. Former human beings.
2: (laughs) But same thing, Levin. He says it's as dirty as anything in the world. Absolutely. If all you're doing is raising the debt ceiling with absolutely no strings attached, you are a dirty,
0: dirty, rotten rotten, scoundrel. I just want to read you a quote. Go right ahead. Um, i got to find you.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and find it. So these guys... You know, the House passed this so-called clean debt bill, and then it goes to the Senate, and the plan in the Senate was that everybody was supposed to vote for a rule that would allow this thing to pass by only 51 votes. That was procedurally what was going to... The procedures are so convoluted and so stupid, and as Ted Cruz has pointed out time and again, a lot of the procedures are designed Mm -hmm. to obfuscate. To yes, hide yes, what yes. these politicians are really doing. And so what the rule was going to do, the rule was going to say that they could just pass this debt bill on 51 votes. All they need is a bare majority and they could do it. Normally, anything that has to do with these fiscal matters, it's got to have 60 or 61 or whatever. So, I think 60. So in order to get that rule, apparently, they need to have 100 votes everybody unanimous i guess in the senate they have to all vote for the 51 and ted cruz wouldn't do it ted cruz forced a filibuster vulnerable vote for this so-called clean debt bill and earned the ire of many republicans Mm -hmm. cruz had said and i you know i was listening to the interview that he did with mark levin it was really good and we'll play a little clip from it in in a second or two But he had said that he collected three pages of, I guess, either names or maybe statements, statements by various senators, Republican senators in the Senate who had said just weeks before that the time that they were really going to take a stand Mm -hmm. was when the debt ceiling came up (laughs) for the vote. And then, of course, they were full of garbage, and they didn't do it. And those are the same guys who are criticizing Cruz in the media. Why? Because he exposed them. So, Bosh, you found the thing that you wanted to say. Yeah,
0: here's a quote from 2011. Let me be as clear as I can be. Without significant spending cuts and reforms to reduce our debt, there will be no debt limit increase. That was um, uh, John Drinker Boehner, John Tanner Boehner, John Smoker Boehner.
2: John, I'm at the tanning saloon. Vayner. <laughs> That's, right. That's what he is. Yeah. I, I mean he it. Never intended it, is, it, it, is it. Un, it is unconscionable, and you just don't even want to spend too much time talking about it because it is such a horror. But some people have said, I mean, you know, I, I just have to try to get that statement up if I can. If I could go over to Facebook, there's this guy, Ken Gardner, on oh, man. who's always on Twitter. I don't even think
0: he has a blog. He's like a GOP hack now. I mean, well, he
2: and he said he's inspired or influenced by Rand or something.
0: Uh-huh. He's a GOP hack.
2: And he criticizes Ted Cruz for stuff like this. Of course. He criticizes Ted Cruz. So let me see if I can find you. I, he, think,
0: I think he's a Boehner McConnell guy. I mean, I don't know how the hell you could, you could beat that if you were anti in, Rand, but whatever.
2: You know, he he posts some good stuff. Like, for instance, I love the Ramirez cartoon that he did oh, the, yeah. the 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 Affordable Care Act White House revised edition.
0: It's like
1: graffiti. And
2: it's it's like graffiti. It's scribble and scrawl, and this is crossed out, and something else is written. It's like a place. Jackson
0: Pollock painting. As someone actually,
2: maybe he was inspired by uh-huh. your version of the Affordable Care Act, which was the blank sheet of paper. Right. Yeah, he posts good stuff about the Ninth Circuit, which we're going to talk about today. Uh, You know, he might post too much, and I'm not going to be able to find all this stuff. But in any event, he had said that he was disappointed. You know, Ted Cruz basically managed to undermine the Republican Party. Undermine those
0: who are undermining America. That's great.
2: Because he actually... Did this? Oh yeah, here here it is. Here is this is a statement that I want you to see. So he says he says Ted Cruz did it again. He managed to take a political defeat for the GOP yesterday's House vote to pass a debt ceiling hike without conditions and make it an even bigger defeat.
0: Oh man, that is so the the
2: wise strategic move. Strategic. Uh, So he's
0: a politician. He's a master, right? yeah. Yeah.
2: The wise strategic move was to allow the bill to reach the full Senate floor and let the Dems pass it on a strict party line vote. They already had the votes to break any filibuster, but no, Cruz had to force a filibuster anyway, which required some GOPers to vote yes to break the filibuster. The Senate then passed the bill on a strict party line vote. The only practical difference is that the vote damaged those GOPers who voted yes to break the filibuster. And he said, okay, let me stop "Cruz's him here.
0: point is to hurt Republicans. He actually believes it—that that that's his job and, and that's his point—to hurt Republicans. It's stupid. Right? It's stupid." It's a dumb. It's a dumb observation.
2: His, he, I mean, he tries to say, "Well, if you can't stop it, then there's no <laughs> value in, in it, forcing in, the procedure." and yes,
0: exposing to, it to expose as well.
2: What it is. Exactly. No, but
0: he doesn't care. He wants uh, a, a George Bush Republican, probably in the White House next. That's what he wants. He probably wanted Romney. He probably generally, generally wanted Romney. Whereas we said, "Well, Romney sucks, but he's less destructive than than Obama."
2: Right at the Chat room over here at Blog Talk Radio, Ed is saying, yes, it did pass on an all-party line vote, which is true. And he says, we just now know who the Democrats disguised as Republicans are. Which is important for the
0: 2014 midterm elections as well. You know, challenge them. Get them out. Gut them. And Cruz is here to remind us, look, this is this kind of, you know, corruption has, has to be stopped.
2: Joel has some good comments over here as well. He says that one of the best things about Cruz is how he exposes all of the shenanigans that politicians use to make them appear to be friends of liberty. But in fact, they are enemies of it. This is why establishment Republicans hate him. He's
0: he's a living, breathing reproach.
2: He had, like I said, he had three pages of statements from these Republicans who said, we're really going to take a stand. We're going to take a stand. Yeah, we're going to take a stand. And then they don't take a stand. Yeah. And of course, you just quoted Boehner saying yeah. that he would take a stand. We have in the past seen the quotation from Mitch McConnell, yeah. who said, "Oh, there should be something tied to it. Plus, there definitely should be."
0: Plus, you know, let's not fight Obamacare. We'll fight the debt ceiling. Uh, let's not fight the debt ceiling. Let's fight uh, reality. No, but th- this is what they're doing. They they're not fighting. They don't fight. And they think this is literally true. Uh, Paul, a hack like Paul Ryan, okay, the uh, he said something literally said that. Well since Obama won't do anything, uh, so more or less we can't. Meaning for the next three years, they are determined to not do anything and that's what will win them the midterm election.
2: I mean, here's the thing. This is, people talk about politics, right? And and some people say, oh, well, something is just politics. Politics should not just be politics the way they think about it today. Politics should be about saying how government should protect the ability of human beings to live good lives. That's what politics is supposed to be, right? right? And if these guys actually cared about what their job was supposed to be, they, yes, they know they know that they can't stop this horrible train wreck of a so-called clean debt ceiling bill. They can't practically stop it. They know that. But... They have
0: to speak out against it.
2: They need to speak out against it. Argue and they, need, they it. need to use the filibuster as an opportunity to speak out against it. So if these guys were any good, they would have all said, yeah, we know eventually we're going to lose out, but why don't we have the guy with the strongest bladder or, what you know, whatever Let's it is. he' he'll, he'll, he'll be the filibuster guy. And all of us will come in and spell him and, you know, all give our statements.
0: Because it's scum.
2: And – Show the American people that you actually care about the fact that we are well over seventeen trillion dollars in debt. Going to
0: twenty plus by the time it's going done. to
2: be what 22 twenty two or something. Who
0: knows? Who knows? I mean, he's probably going to go for an incredible record. But the fact is, you argue passionately against this. You say this is evil. You say this, but the fact is, they don't believe that. And when Ted Cruz reminds them that these are scum who are just going along with 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 the Democrat Party, that's that's a value. No, but it's a value to have someone there. As Joel says, he's like the kid with the Emperor's new clothes. He's saying, This is unacceptable. This has to be fought on principle. We have to f and this guy's saying, Shut up, Cruz. Let's just, you know, keep doing what we're doing. This is sick stuff.
2: I mean, listen to him. He's and saying, he
0: has people liking it.
2: Yeah. Listen. A bunch of people like it. Hacks. A bunch of people. he says What was Cruz's point? It wasn't that he could stop the bill, but his goal was never to stop the bill, but apparently to harm others in his own political party by forcing them to take an unnecessary and unpopular vote. Now, listen.
0: That's irrational.
2: If if forces them to do this, right? Right. First of all, would they be forced to do it, or it's just going to be a filibuster, and then eventually the time runs out or the people can't stand this anymore, guy's also, and then they vote? Yeah, but this guy's also I don't really think they had against, to against
0: Cruz because Cruz makes him feel bad about supporting that kind of crap also. And that's why he's, he's going against Cruz, if you understand what I'm saying. That's why he's going against Cruz because he's like – Cruz is reminding me that, yeah, it's bad, but I don't want to be reminded of that. I just want to keep going, man.
2: Anyone, Anyone who is reminded – of their lack of integrity it's important. is going to be mad at the Absolutely. person who reminds them it. of it. And, that's and this, what this guy's doing as well. This reminds me, I've, I've actually got to find this now uh, because my mind is going a, a million places. I have a, a question for you in a second, but someone on my Facebook posted a really nice little statement and it was original to him. And if he's made it public, then I'm going to actually give you credit of, of who it is and um, Oh, I hope I can find it here. Okay, here it is. Yeah, it's public, so I can tell you who it is. It was Quent Cordaire from the Cordaire Gallery. He says, It's far more important to a man of integrity that the world not change him than that he change the world.
0: That's excellent. That's excellent. Why yeah. the hell would you go along if you know something consciously? You are aware this is bad. You, want to, you, know, you become part of the evil right. if you just be silent or go along. And... The, this Gardner hack and all the GOP are, are saying, don't remind us what we're doing, Ted. Come on. we We, we think we're good. We think we have no way out. We can't stop this. Therefore, don't remind us that we have to argue against it, at least. At, well, at, least, at least to say that And, stuff.
2: you know, they all wanted to get out of town and avoid well, the snowstorms.
0: Yeah. It's like, if there was the a filibuster,
2: it could have gone on for days. It's, it would have been it, messy. It, you're making
0: it inconvenient. They would
2: have had to work. You
0: know? and also, they would have
2: had to work. You're
0: reminding us that we're just scum politicians, that we are truly former human beings. We don't want to be reminded of that. So shut up.
2: Politics is about trying to get government in the shape such that it permits a moral human life. Bring it
0: life. closer to reality.
2: That's what it's supposed you know, to be about.
0: Bring it, align it with reality. We are, I mean, you, you, you have, listen, when you have a scumbag like uh, Harry Reid saying on the floor of the Senate that he's glad that the Republicans are becoming more rational with this, I mean, think about that. You have an irrational, insane scumbag saying that about complimenting the Republicans. You know that you're in deep, you know what, if that happens.
2: Definitely, definitely. Can you cue up the right audio? Because I want to I play a little bit from Ted Cruz. Here, here uh, Mark Levin and Ted Cruz are talking about, when, when is it finally going to turn around? When are these politicians going to stop being scumbags that basically mortgage our future or steal from us in order to keep spending and spending and spending? Go okay, ahead. here we go
1: change course is is the American people rising up. And, uh, you know, look, I, I think where we are is a lot like the late 1970s. Late 1970s, you had Jimmy Carter in the White House. You had terrible economic policies that produced the exact same economic stagnation, the same malaise we're seeing now. You had the same feckless foreign policy that made the world a much, much more dangerous place. And Washington Republicans in the late 1970s were every bit as hopeless but what happened is all across the country there began to be a grassroots movement. Millions of men and women that became the Reagan Revolution. It was a lot of people who've never been involved in politics and who understood these politicians in Washington are lying to me. Why is Congress at 13% approval rating? Because people don't like to be lied to. And that grassroots revolution in the 1970s transformed the country, pulled us back from the fiscal and economic cliff we were facing then. And what happened then is the Washington politicians got in line. Why? Because when the people rise up in in, in overwhelming enough numbers, ultimately sovereignty lies in we the people. I think the path forward is exactly the same today. Mm
2: -hmm. So Um, So he, he definitely has some hope for it. I don't know if there's any other politician out there. No. Who could fill those shoes except Ted Cruz. That's
0: it. He's the only one who actually believes what he's saying. He actually believes it. You know he does. And also, he is the only politician, I think, since Reagan who mocks government. Right. I don't know of any politician who mocks government. Not one. You need, And that's what Americans do. We mock government. If we hear a politician doing what we do and actually believe that he means it, that's a huge thing. It's not, uh, it's not insignificant. He, he says this is, especially this government... I mean, we are – at. this is the ugliest time I think U.S. government has been. I mean, the ugliest, most powerful on top of that and with the biggest scum of the earth in Washington at one time.
2: Now, here's my question for you. If he is doing what he's doing simply because he says, I want to be president and I'm just going to tell the people what they want to hear. First of all, I don't buy it. I don't buy it either.
0: No, That's what his – enemies are saying and his critics because they're so they're so shallow like this guy can't believe that because I don't believe that I would never think that you may or no therefore it's BS (laughs) no but because they're like oh my god principal what the hell is that
2: if he thought that would you care
0: if he actually believed that
2: if if, if he thought well I'm just telling them what they want to hear so I can get elected I really want to be president someday
0: of course I would but you know if he actually puts his words to the test if he does if, if he as if he's basically acting as he has been, voting as he has been consistently, then, you know, if it's just a front, let's say, whatever, he's a politician, he wants to maintain, he says, well, that's, you know, practically speaking, that's probably good for the country, whether I believe it or not, I don't know. But I believe he does believe it. I believe he's the only politician out there who actually does, who, who loves the country. I think, he's, I think he's a patriot. I do. Uh, he's imperfect, clearly, as Reagan was, but... In terms of Reagan, he is perfect compared to Obama. I mean, perfect. <laughs> you know, compared to Obama. Right. Uh, someone actually made this one comment to to Mark Levin, and, it, and it's true. Like Reagan was trying to have, you know, out, outspend the Russia, and Russia was trying to outspend us. And they spent themselves into oblivion and collapsed. Where Obama is trying to outspend, you know, have outspend ourselves and collapse. This is like, I mean, he was rooting for the for the Soviets in the eighties, Obama. He was rooting against Reagan, him and his whole gang. So it's it's pretty true what they're doing now. But, yeah, uh, so so your question was, even if he didn't believe it?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, do you care what his motivations are? Because I was having (laughs) a conversation this. this week with a friend, and my friend was saying... You know, I don't really care what the motivations are, that the whole point is, it's good to cause this rift along this line in the GOP, regardless of the motivation. At the same time,
0: let's just say, we can't know if he's not or not, and even if we did know that, yeah, it is a different ballgame. It's like, okay, well, this guy's a a crafty, crafty politician, but they all are in their own way. But if that's what he is, at least his craftiness will be more (laughs) rational ends. You know, better I mean,
2: all, all, all I could say is if it turns out that he's doing this only in order to gain power and then he ends up going, ha-ha, and ripping off the mask, you know, like, ha-ha, I tricked <laughs> you after he gets elected, he is going to have the worst of backlash of, of anybody course. ever. Well, I mean,
0: Obama to some extent had that because Obama did not come out there and say I'm going to you know, be Islam's bitch. I'm gonna, you know, shove socialized medicine down your throat with your liking. I'm gonna lie my ass off to you. He didn't say that either, and that's why there's backlash going on to him now. He's in the he's in the 30s when it comes to approval rating, but uh, I doubt a man would say this if he didn't mean it. I d- if, if think about that, the way Cruz has been for the last year, would any snake say what he says? Would they recommend that? With in that kind of passionate way, he wouldn't well, do it. And,
2: and so, think about this. He sounds like a Let's Reagan. He sounds he like a Reagan, and he sounds very convincing. Let's and, say he doesn't
0: believe you... that, but also he wants to be president. That's totally fine. If he's if, he, if he's ambitious in that sense for power, and believes this, that's fine. But being a politician, there's that thing. I mean, there's always that that smelly thing about it. You know, I would never in my in my dreams, in my nightmares, ever run for office ever. I would never do that. I'm honest.
2: We have just a few minutes left. I want to go ahead, uh, you know, in the first hour. I want to take this call from Ed. Hi, are you
4: there? Hey, how you doing, Amy?
2: I'm doing pretty well. We're talking about Ted Cruz doing a good thing, so the, the mood is high. How about you? The mood is high,
4: yeah. I, well, first of all, i got to thank you for the terrific interview you did last week with Laura Levinson. I mean, the the quality of the interview was so much higher than anyone else in the media who has ever interviewed him. It was really, you did your homework. It was great. I really enjoyed it.
2: Thank Um, you. I mean, I love, I love the geeky topics. It's fun.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. On, on the cruise thing, I, you know, obviously we, we shouldn't put all of our hopes in one guy, but he, he is trying to, he's trying to make the case. I think both in general, that there's this sort of pro establishment, pro Washington business as usual, uh, point of view in Washington, and then there are people who want uh, to, you know, disrupt the business as usual, and he's one of them. And I think that will um, play well in 16. I, I think also that he he, is, he wants to get rid of McConnell. McConnell has a very credible primary challenger in Kentucky, Matt Bevin, um, and uh, I, it's very possible to knock him off in the primary. And I think uh, Jim DeMint, who was a senator from South Carolina, is now head of the Heritage Foundation. He clashed with McConnell all the time, and uh, he really he really wants McConnell out. And he, so he, of course, he's president of 501c3, so he can't do anything. But his buddies who run the Senate Conservatives Front are pushing really hard for Bevan over McConnell, and I think McConnell has really screwed with Cruz a number of times. And I think Cruz is, like, taking the gloves off and you know, we're going to, we're going to force McConnell. But you know, this is the the thing,
2: right? The, the, the taking the gloves off, right? He doesn't have to do anything like quote, dig up scandal dirt Mm -hmm. on these people. All he has to do is expose the truth of what they're doing. Show them on the one hand, you know, a few weeks before saying, Oh, I'm really going to take a stand on this. I'm going to, you know, and then they don't do it. He just exposes what they're doing. And that's, taking the gloves off yeah. for Ted Cruz, right?
4: Well, no, I, I mean, mean she, you know, the Senate is a, He's very de- the demeaned. Senate is a very uh, the Senate's a very collegial body. Everybody's supposed to be friendly to everybody else. Everybody's supposed to go along, to get along. Nobody else nobody's supposed to criticize anyone. I think Rand Paul wants uh, McConnell gone just as much as Cruz does, but because there's this rule in the Senate that you never campaign against your your fellow senator from your state, even if he's in the Different party you don't campaign against Uh um Rand Paul is not backing Bevan in the, you know, I mean there's all of these, you know. Rand Paul is not backing Bevan? No. No, he's backing McConnell. He he's sort of that's that's quite that the is rule. Disgusting. You know what I mean? That's the that rule. Is disgusting. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. But, I mean, even like in Pennsylvania, where they have one uh, – because familiar with Pennsylvania – they have one senator, a Republican, one a Democrat. The Republican senator doesn't campaign against the Democrats, and vice versa. They just don't do it. Um, now, of course, Harry Reid has stepped into this and uh, with the whole, uh, you know, no filibuster uh, – breaking the filibuster for uh, – doing the nuclear option to prevent filibusters for judicial nominees has, has – Made, essentially, made the Senate essentially lawless. Right. He, he stepped up and he said, you know, the majority can do whatever it wants, and right now we want to pass these radical judges, so we're going to do that. Um, Harry Reid doesn't understand that once the principle is, you know, broken, that the majority can do whatever it wants, whenever it wants, then it's gone forever for everything. And I think Cruz is saying, well, you know, if you, Harry Reid, are going to break with, the rules that we're all supposed to follow, um, then why are you holding me to them? I'm going to start breaking them, too. And, in fact, the Republicans, it's very interesting what they've done in response to Harry Reid's uh, um, breaking of the the filibuster rule for judicial nominees. Apparently, the Senate rules require a large amount of debate for each, uh, you know, thing that comes up on their calendar, and it could be anywhere from two to 30 hours of debate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, nobody debates that long because nobody has time. So what they do is they ask unanimous consent to cut debate, you know, down to an hour and a half or whatever uh, for these for these judges. And right. uh, the Republicans are not giving in, giving them unanimous consent. So basically all the judges are now stalled. Uh, just well, that's, that's
2: excellent. That That's good at least. But why we don't, didn't we they? We don't know who's doing it, though.
4: Yeah, you know, we don't know who in the Republican conference is doing it. You know, is it, is it everyone? Is it McConnell? Is it just Cruz saying, no, I'm just not doing it anymore? Uh, because they are keeping, they are keeping the, together on this in the sense of being, uh, being silent. Um, okay. I think there's lots of things going on. I think there's lots of things going on behind the scenes that we only get glimpses of. And this was one glimpse. Uh, and we saw, you know, the McCains and the world, you know, who they really are, the McConnells. Um, so yeah, Ted Cruz is doing a lot of good, um, but he's he's more like you know, okay, Reed, you want to break the rules? I'm going to break the rules.
2: Right. Uh, I'm
4: going to I'm going to start I'm going to start breaking the rules. You see how you like it? Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very happy with what he did this week, but uh, you know, it could get very bloody in the Senate. It could it could they just could change everything and and do everything by majority rule, and shut the Republicans completely out. I mean, that's sort of what Harry Reid has done already, but it, it could get really, really bad. Um, well, there, I there mean, I don't, I don't know, I know that it could get I'm much saying.
2: worse. I don't know how that it could get much worse than this debt thing being passed. I mean, already they've got a debt ceiling increase. or It's a suspension probably until 2015, right? Suspension?
4: That's right. There is no debt yeah. ceiling anymore. Um, right. The debt ceiling will revert to what it was, you know, $16 trillion or whatever. It will revert to that on in March of 2015. Of course, no one believed I would,
1: that. I
2: would, I would say that that's probably about as bad as it gets. And between that and Obama and his pen and a phone, I'd, I'd like to see Ted Cruz continue to make some trouble there in the House. Well, uh, thanks for calling in, Ed. I have to go ahead and start sure. the next hour Great. of the show, but... Tune, tune in now, because we are going to need, uh, you know, stay tuned in, because we're going to have to talk about Ted Cruz, the thing that disappointed. Yeah, go, um, no, let, let me okay. just, just say, though, you're listening to Blog Talk Radio. This is Amy Peekoff. The show is Don't Let It Go Unheard. Amy Peekoff here, cartoonist Bosch Boston. And we have been talking about Ted Cruz inspiring us. Some people aren't saying it's very inspiring, but we definitely think it's inspiring for Ted Cruz to force. The cloture of the filibuster On the debt ceiling We think somebody has to expose What's going on in Washington now, who, Who's the most hated man
0: in uh, Washington yeah. The most hated man By both parties, bipartisan hatred And also It doesn't care if he's popular there It, it doesn't matter Right. It's, it matters if he's popular with us, the American people And I think he is And growing more so as time goes on Because you, you believe this guy actually believes what he's saying He actually is committed and also, in terms of Rand Paul, that's, that's what I mean, him backing McConnell, he's good and bad, therefore he's bad. He's backing the status quo, the status quo, as I call it. And that is unforgivable. I don't give a damn what you, you know, people try to say, well, you know, no, 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 it's not well. This guy's horrific um, minority leader. He's terrible. He's an absolute hack. And Cruz, you know, is very diplomatic. He won't go out there and say, this guy's a hack. He'll do it in his own way. He'll fight him in his own way. Which is what you got to do, which is very Reagan-like, you know. He's not going to go out there and (laughs) and trash people. And that's not his style. And, you know, leave it to the other hacks to do that, uh, who don't actually mean it.
2: State Defiance in the chat room here over at Blog Talk Radio says, because he doesn't care if he's popular, he is popular. Yes, yes,
0: yes. And he acts on that. He actually believes what he's saying. He acts on principle. And he could be wrong, which he is in certain cases. But overall... Doesn't I mean, if he's the most hated guy in Washington, Washington is the most hated place in America, so that's perfect.
2: Definitely. I mean I go back again, let's I wanted to pull up that quote again from Quent Corder. I really liked it. He says it's far more important to a man of integrity that the world not change him than that he change yes. the world. And please don't let Washington change yes. Ted
0: Cruz. One last thing about that also. Let me
2: change you know, Ted Cruz's mind about certain things right, that he's doing please. with his time. We'll talk about that in a second. Okay. But don't let Washington <laughs> change hack, Ted. Hack Cruz.
0: politicians always go to Washington Bush. I'm going to change Washington, right? BS. He became Washington. Obama, I'm going to change Washington. BS. They be, they are Washington. Obama is Washington. Cruz is not. And if he can if a guy like that can win the presidency, he will absolutely change Washington. He will absolutely change it. You At know, least four times.
2: You played me that audio clip earlier, the one of Obama, where he said that the big problem mm-hmm. and actually Levin was playing it on his show yes. and he played it for Cruz during that oh, interview. Okay. So if you that. want if you guys want to hear this clip of Obama, yeah. you can listen to it within that Section of the Levin show yeah. where he was interviewing Cruz. It's it's only a 15 minute section, so yes. I do recommend that you listen to the whole interview. He with criticizes Ted Cruz. a
0: president who basically goes for executive orders and bypasses Congress, meaning he's a racist because he's criticizing himself, right? That's so, right. So he's a racist. That's
2: but it. he was criticizing Bush because yes. Bush of, is, you know, of course, he's the whipping boy.
0: Bush, you know, it's bad that he did it. Did I do it? It's fine. I mean, but Bush, he, it's bad that he did that.
2: So let's talk about what I would like to change in Ted Cruz, if you gave me a magic wand. I saw this this week. I said, oh, he inspired us by, again, forcing the Republicans who are basically hiding Democrats in Republicans' clothing, forcing them out. And then he does this. It says, Senators Cruz and Lee introduce State Marriage Defense Act.
0: We're like, no, so please, gay. Don't do <laughs> no. so gay. I mean, are they getting married? Cruz and Lee?
2: No, it's so bad. It says... Um, no, they
0: say, we will not marry each other. That's their, their adamant, right?
2: They introduce... No, but
0: no, but they're fighting against the idea that they have to marry each other. <clears throat>
2: They introduced Senate Bill 2024, the State Marriage Defense Act. I'm reading off of Ted Cruz's own website. You can find the links to all the stories we're talking about today at my blog, DontLetItGo.com. Sorry, in the midst of
0: what's happening here, this country, where we are, the debt, uh, Islam, the whole threat, these guys are focused on this?
2: The State Marriage Defense Act. The State Marriage Defense Act, which respects the definition of marriage held by the people of each state and protects states from the federal government's effort to force any other definition upon them. The bill will ensure the federal government gives the same deference to the 33 states that define marriage as the union between one man and one woman as it does to the 17 states that have chosen to recognize same-sex unions. Here's the quote from Cruz, and I'm going to cry during it, not really. He says, I support traditional marriage. Under President Obama, the federal government has tried to redefine marriage and to undermine the constitutional authority of each state to define marriage consistent with the values of its citizens. End quote. Make a long story short. What these people should be fighting for is to get the government reduced in size and scope. They shouldn't be messing around with the definition of marriage because really, what is the problem? What hinges on the definition of marriage? A slew of state or federal government mandated benefits, a slew of tax benefits, whatever it is, right? All these things that you resent, either being forced to provide for same-sex couples Or you just can't stand the idea that they're getting these benefits out there in the world, that part of your tax money is somehow maybe going to, you know, condone this. Whatever it is that's bothering you. I mean, really, what do you care whether a guy and a guy and a woman and a woman marry? What what do you care? you know, the, 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 argument, the argument against it is religious in nature, and I respect your religious beliefs, and I do not think you should be forced to act contrary to your religion. To your own. At the same time, I do not think you should be able to force your religious beliefs on and other also, people. How can a so, marriage
0: of, of two men or two women poison your own? I mean, how? I mean, in all, in all seriousness, legally, morally, how?
2: I mean, the, I think the thing is that people are upset that it's taught in government schools as being okay, and they don't want that taught to their kids and they're forced into the government schools because they're taxed to death and they can't afford to send their kids to private school. The problems go back to big government. And in my opinion, and I mean, I'm just one person. And of course I happen to have the beliefs I do, but I think that if Ted Cruz spends his time on these issues, where really the root problem of this sort of issue is the big government, he's taking He's taking just precious time away. Time me, is a very limited resource.
0: I mean, we we see Ted Cruz. He's always on about the size of government, the size and scope of government. He's always on about the Constitution. Always, that's his main thrust. And in terms of lip service, when he said, "Does he actually mean that?" I'm not sure if he actually means this in any serious way. I think he pays lip service to it because of his religion and because maybe pressured by by Mike Lee, who's his. Who basically is no. is, is, See, but, is, is, but, well, is guy that he looked up to. No, okay,
2: but no, I, don't, I don't think that that's necessarily no, true. What
0: I'm saying is I think he'll do this sometimes and then focus on his main thing. This is not his main thing.
2: Well, no, this is not this his is, main is, thing.
0: This is Santorum's main thing.
2: No, no, He's, I know. He
0: thinks about nothing but this.
2: Yeah. This
0: is not Ted Cruz. People
2: who like Santorum don't listen to my show. I'm pretty no, sure. I, I'm I'm pretty I sure. doubt
0: it, unless they're I mean.
2: But here's the thing. I, I think that there is a legitimate problem that you could have with a certain definition of marriage being forced upon you that now it includes same-sex couples i could see some people who have certain religious beliefs having things forced upon them due religious. to this definition of marriage that are wrong okay but the problem is not
0: that's not the point it says cruises religious get used to it. that's not the point he's a politician he can have his own prior beliefs. He's trying to force his on. He's trying to say we're going to defend this against right, right, those who want to get married.
2: But I mean, he he's Cruz sees himself as defining or defending, excuse me, religious freedom Quite for some of his marriage. constituents, traditional marriage, as they call it. But the only legitimate thing that he could be doing, I would say, is defending their rights not to have to provide benefits for same-sex couples in any way, directly, indirectly, whatever. And the problem is the size and scope of government. Our government does way more than it should be doing. It should only be protecting our rights. And your rights do not include a right not to be offended. Your rights do not include the right to dictate how other adults marry other people within your society whatever that you you don't have those rights you do have the right not to have to finance or support same-sex marriage that is a right of yours and that is not a right that's being recognized today so there is a seed of legitimacy for what to what he's doing but the root cause is the size and scope of the government and i fear that in pushing these sorts of issues, even a little bit, he is alienating people like me
3: yes, or
2: other people who would be even more alienated by this because, you know, I understand what he's doing. And overall, I'm so inspired by some of the other things that he's doing. You know, you have to take, you know, take everything with a grain of salt but, a little. He, but he can but, believe
0: what he wants. But, quite but, privately. You, but
2: know I mean? I, you know, the the main and it's the same thing with immigration, right? Oh,
0: please.
2: Imm- immigration. Immigration would not be a problem if we didn't have the welfare state magnet.
0: Yes. Yes. That's if, a if, major problem. If, and if, people do come here for the welfare state, no matter what anyone tells you. Right. It's a fact.
2: So the the problem is to get rid of the welfare state, to get rid of the size and the scope of government. And I, I mean, suppose – and Ed in the chat room here disagrees with me. He says that he thinks that Cruz gains more supporters than he loses so. today – Maybe. But but, th- think, but so. think about this Ed. One one thing that I think he could do is that he could much more keep me on board when he if he if he talked about it from the perspective of in today's context where government is involved in much more than it should be, the way that you define marriage matters in a sense that it forces people who don't believe in same sex marriage to support same-sex marriage financially or otherwise directly or indirectly you're you're an employer you have an employee for whom you're supposed to provide benefits if you provide benefits for spouses of heterosexual couples maybe you have are forced to provide benefits for same-sex couples that is wrong we know that's wrong Anybody who respects individual rights knows that's wrong. I would like to see more of that emphasis.
0: Forcing of gay marriage on citizens? Forcing on on heterosexuals, you mean? I mean...
2: I mean, it's not forcing them to get married, right? but, it's, it's, no, no, but what i It, I'm is, it is, is, it's it's like, is forcing some citizens at least to either directly or indirectly support gay marriage, and I see that that could be a problem. But if we reduced the size and scope of government, wouldn't it, would, it wouldn't be the problem.
0: That's the whole point. There's so and ma- Cruz could argue that, right. and he, he doesn't, but he could and should.
2: I'd, I'd like to see it
0: but again, go I mean, that direction a lot. If Cruz words, I mean, the, the vast majority of, of his things are in sync with what, with what we want then he does this. I, I think this is the lip service time. I think this is the lip service time. I, I don't think this is the passionate issue that he's a lawyer. He's a politician. This is his main thrust, and also the way he acts now. He wants to really reduce the size of the scope of government. That's his main thrust. That's thing, to me, it's, that's the lip service time, to me. Whether he believes it fully or not, he's not, he's not going to put it meaning. If he has a choice between these major issues or that, he'll put that by the side probably. He thinks he can do both. You know, to his detriment.
2: I mean, maybe he can do both. After all, he's the guy who did the, what was it, 22-hour filibuster?
0: But would he do that for this? Would he do that? I mean, I don't know. Would this issue come and he'll, he'll fight it for 25 hours? I don't know.
2: Daniel in the chat room says that the reason that Cruz doesn't argue the point that I was just making, the point about being forced in today's context to either directly or indirectly support gay marriage because of the benefits that are provided to married Couples, he says, the reason that Cruz doesn't argue that point is because the vast majority of people opposed to gay marriage are not employers or otherwise compelled to support it. They simply think they belong in others' bedrooms. End quote. I, I mean, it's it's you know, in the 21st century, for people to believe that they belong in everybody else's bedroom, I, I just don't know. And some of them think it's because, again, the government schools. In the government schools, this is portrayed, you know, just, homosexual marriage is it, portrayed as a legitimate option. It
0: undermines their seriousness here, to me. Mm-hmm. This is not the major issue of our, of our time. It's not. Uh, they shouldn't fight against it the way they do. I mean, Mike Lee seems a little more determined. You know, he does. And, and some others, again, a Santorum, who actually is threatening to run. My God. It's Rick Santorum. Uh, this is not the end-all, be-all. It's not it'll have it, it's time but right now we have to we have to push back this monstrous government
2: now towards the end of it he does mention the issue of benefits eligibility for marital benefits or being forced to recognize marriages so that's something there that he does say towards the very end of this press release statement so that that's a good thing but i would like to see the emphasis more on the individual rights aspect of it and less on tradition and morality and all of that. And anyway, so to me it's disappointing. It's not like I'm not going to support Ted Cruz, but I am going to be the, again, the person of integrity, not changed by the world around me. As much as I believe someone like Ted Cruz is required to help turn this country around or assuming that it's too late to turn the country around, I, we need somebody who is principled and determined and smart to get ones. in there who can make the collapse less painful than it would be otherwise. Cruz at all are the types of people who could do it. And I'm going to support him, but at the same this time, I'm not going to change myself in no, the process. I is I've,
0: an unnecessary detour I've, I've, in what we're facing. It is. It really is.
2: I mean, imagine that he portrayed it like this. Imagine he says, okay – here is another example of how big sure. government yes. pits us against each Absolutely other right. if government didn't define certain benefits that went along with marriage and there wasn't
0: so much at stake, he must have gay supporters who uh, who, you know, who
2: would make it such a big issue?
0: I mean, he must have gay supporters who understand his vision, who support him. And I don't know, I just ha- he has to think things through a little more. Again, I, I think it's just my, just my assumption, okay, because he came into into power after following Mike Lee's from, from Utah. Mike Lee was an unknown. He went in there and he kicked the guy's ass, and he did the same thing, and he talked him about it. So I think maybe he brings him in, who knows? I mean, he brought him in and said, maybe if we both do it, it'll have a little more effect. It's just my assumption. I don't think he initiates this, this type of thing.
2: Well, and there, there's this other thing too, right? There's this other thing, which is that... They have this idea about the states, right? Yeah,
0: the states, right.
2: Yeah, let the state control oh. whatever it is. So, let the state you know, be all, all, all we want to do is that we want to let the
0: states decide about this issue. They want to be a dictatorial? That's fine. They want to have slaves? Each state can have it, right? And,
2: and, and, I, and I believe that two adult human beings should be allowed to marry if they want to. I don't think the fact that you punt it back to the states, if suppose you say, well, the federal government's going to have nothing to do with it, and that's all that this act says, I still think it's wrong that the states prohibit it. This is not going to solve anybody's problem. And no. I, I don't know, the, the, that whole idea of... Well, it's only bad if the federal government does it.
0: Ah, it's bad. okay
2: if the states do it. There's that's some a, of that that's in that's this. It's a terrible, sort of maneuver terrible well.
0: position. It's a terrible position and, and they gotta be called on it also. I wish some critic actually called them out on that. Oh, so you're saying if the state does something wrong, it's fine because it's the state, right? The state's rights, as you call it. Well, that's terrible. And but I
2: but I think I think the same there's the same route with the immigration issue. I think there are a lot of conservatives who are anti immigration mostly because now not all again some of them are irrational they're xenophobic maybe no even racist there are some out there but i think a I lot think of the majority, people exactly. a lot of people are honestly concerned about the effect on the economy and it having a lot of immigrants would have only a positive effect on the economy if we didn't have the welfare state yep. for which they would become eligible right away or soon or Anything else?
0: And they're spoken about in these hushed tones, like like honorable tones, you know, like these people. They've been working hard. Like no one else has been working hard, no one except the uh, illegals. I mean, that's that's it. They're the best that we have. Period. They define the country. And Levin goes on about that, and it's true. They speak to them in such noble terms that it's like, what the hell are you talking about?
2: Right. Being anti-illegal immigration, uh, State Defines in the chat room is just saying anti-illegal immigration. I'm anti-illegal immigration as well. And mm-hmm. I would be against just giving amnesty to people just because they've been here illegally I for a here, long time. They went time. to
0: Ellis Island in New York. They went through the whole process. This is what it is.
2: Right. But I think we should have an open immigration policy without the welfare state magnet. let people come here let's go ahead and take all of the people who have been here illegally and put them through the proper process yeah. that we would if we had a proper open immigration yeah. policy but don't give them benefits no. don't give them freebies we shouldn't have a freebie state and that's what we have right now and i think that's what messes up democrats
0: want uh, the works. want want the votes Republicans think they can get them also and then there's also something else where republicans with the cheap labor and all that I don't know. I just uh, I know that we got some major problems with the guy in the White House and his whole party and the Republicans, so they have to to stay on point, and they're not when they, when they do this. But it's it's still reported as somewhat of a minor story, isn't it? I mean, this story with with their push for this, isn't it, reported as somewhat of a minor story? Right. Which is good because yes. it, it ought to be.
2: No, it it, it definitely is, and they I mean it's
0: not on the it's not on the front page. Let's say.
2: Sometimes it is. It just depends what Drudge is up to as well. But let's go ahead and switch over to Rand Paul. And I went through an up and down with respect to Rand Paul today. And now that I heard that Rand Paul
0: was supporting McConnell
2: against Bevin is the oh, yeah, challenger's Bevin, yeah. name in Kentucky. Who's better than
0: McConnell, even though he has his own little things. But, of course, it's better than, than McConnell. Who isn't?
2: And so we're, we're going to have to get through this fast so that we can get to the good stuff. Because here we are. So Rand Paul announced his lawsuit, his lawsuit against the Obama administration over the NSA. And I actually read that fun little document today, the complaint in the case. You know what's so cheesy? Look at this. At the very top of the complaint, there was a a commenter, I think, over at CNN who who pointed this out. It says District of <laughs> Columbia, District of Columbia, but there's no L. Yeah. There's a there's a typo Kumbia. right at the top. Wait,
1: Kumbaya, the, yeah. the District of Kumbaya? The
2: District of Kumbaya, they're all smoking something out there.
1: Yeah.
2: Actually, the complaint itself looked good to me. I really liked it. And I was ready because to. You were,
0: no, but you were waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it. it well, I was came. waiting, exactly. and
2: and the it more the more I was waiting, then the more they hadn't released anything yeah, about the substance of the yeah. lawsuit. Maybe there wasn't. Any. I was worried about what the substance of it would be. So it it seems like a very business like complaint. Uh, you know, it, they talk about that they want to have this class action complaint. They talk about why they have subject matter jurisdiction. It's because it is. Uh, You know, evaluating for constitutionality the application of a federal statute. Um, So it is federal question jurisdiction. They have jurisdiction over the defendants because of the particular district. The venue is proper. Why? Because all of this stuff is happening in the district the defendants are there etc uh they talk about who the plaintiffs are it's all of us here in the United States
0: they talk hey. about what <laughs> I'm sorry just get to the I'm joking
2: no 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 I mean they go they go they go through all I'm the joking. normal stuff how many, how many pages who are there? who are the defendants it's only 18 pages which okay, is actually okay. not too bad not and it's bad, big not old bad. double spaced and everything's clearly numbered uh, Bar- Barack Obama is a defendant. James Clapper is a defendant. Alexander is a defendant. So is James B. Comey Jr., his director of the FBI, responsible for some of the applications to the FISC, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, as they call it. But then they talk about the the FISA Act. They talk about you know how they can get ex parte judicial orders to get information, and then. They talk about the program of collecting the metadata. They call it the Mass Associational Tracking Program. This has been going on since May 2006. They have conducted this program under a series of FISC orders. And what they do is they collect all of the metadata, and it is in this huge database. They never purge the database. It's believed to be all of our phone calls, all of the metadata. They talk about the metadata and what it is, And they say, um, information and belief, there's over 300 million mobile phone subscribers and 100 million landline subscribers. So imagine what a huge class this could be for the class action. Nonetheless, if you wanted to identify all the members of the class, invite them to take part, allow them to opt out, all the normal things that you do with the class action, you could do that. They're easily identifiable because you can find them in the records of the companies who do business with them, right? Um, they talk about the type of uh, threshold to initiate queries. It's not really known, you know, what sort of threshold they have to initiate queries, et cetera. They describe what it means to search the database with respect to hops, hops from the seed, the seed being the person that they suspect of terrorist involvement. So they describe all that. And uh, the interesting thing is that in number 27, They say that since the commencement of the program in May 2006, that this mass associational tracking program has not stopped or been instrumental in stopping even one imminent international terrorist attack or otherwise assisted defendants in achieving any time-sensitive objective. And for that, they cite the group, you know, the group that did the review of the program for the president the President's Review Group on Intelligence and Communications Technology, as they called it. And that was just from, uh, you know, December 2013. So they cite a specific quotation from that report in the complaint. Uh, They talk about how personal the metadata is, the wealth of information that it provides. And then they talk about, you know, when it is that you have a search. Uh, They repeat over and over again that this is, a violation of the so-called reasonable expectation of privacy that we have. So they are clearly working within the test, the known test for a Fourth Amendment search, which is the reasonable expectation of privacy test. And I think most people agree that today we would say we have a reasonable expectation of privacy in our metadata, We actually would expect that our metadata would be kept secret. We were surprised to hear the revelations from Snowden. And if you poll people today, if that's the way that you're going to decide what expectations society is prepared to recognize as reasonable, why not one that satisfies the latest public opinion polls, which it does? The interesting thing from my perspective is footnote seven of the complaint, which is – a footnote to number 30 in the complaint. It says plaintiffs and class members necessarily reveal certain information to telecommunic- telecommunications companies, right? We all reveal information to our telecommunications companies with which we contract for our telephone service, and it says, and which are provided to the defendants under the mass associational whatever program is they call it, this MATP. And providing this information, says the complaint, does not reflect a willingness or expectation that they are surrendering the privacy of the information, but simply reflects a necessary accommodation to modern life, end quote. I think that's very good. They're saying, look, part of life today is that we do business with third parties and we share information with third parties as part of doing business with them. This is how we survive and he's saying look we don't surrender any expectation we are not saying that we are willing to just give over our information to the government without a proper search warrant simply because we have a phone and we you know that we actually use the phone to call people that would be ridiculous and yet that's what the precedent from the 1970s says so what they do in footnote 7 is they distinguish that smith case the one that i've talked about before about the third-party doctrine, they distinguish it. They say in Smith, there was some particularized suspicion. Uh, The crime perpetrator in Smith was known to have used a phone to call the victim, blah, blah, blah. The pen register in Smith was only operational for 13 days, whereas this program's been going on for years. There was no expectation that the data gathered in Smith would be kept after the case was over, whereas here, of course, it's retained indefinitely. In Smith, the data gathered could have shown nothing about the movements of the collar, whereas in this particular case, there's something called trunk-identifying information. Trunk-identifying information, I had to go look this up. I put the link on my blog at DontLetItGo.com. You can see it, too. It's right after the link about the this case itself. Trunk-identifying identi- information is simply... Information about the trunk, the cell phone tower that you connected to when you made the phone call. That can reveal information about your location in a general way. And that information might be part of the metadata that's being collected here. So that could reveal personal information. That wasn't true in Smith versus Maryland in the 1970s. The relationship between the government and the phone company in Smith was significantly different, limited in scope and cooperation. Here we have daily and systematic exchange of all the data. Also in Smith, um, they couldn't get one, more than one or a few phone numbers. Here it's every single person's phone number. So the scope is just vastly crazier than in, in uh, Smith. In Smith, you had nothing but the date, time, and phone numbers involved in the call, whereas with the current program, phone numbers, rough location, whether or not the call was completed or connected, date, time, duration of the call, and a variety of details about the specific phones used are obtained by the government. In Smith, only landlines, so the idea of the mobile phone, whereas here, this is a personal phone that's everywhere, I mean, you know, landlines, you might not even know which person was on the phone. Now, a cell phone is usually unique to one person. So there are a variety of differences. They are doing what's called distinguishing Smith from this case and hoping that the court would therefore say that the third-party doctrine should not apply here. Um, you know, and they, again, they appeal to the reasonable expectation of privacy test. So I read this and I said, look, they're addressing the third-party doctrine. They're not saying that the third-party doctrine should be abolished. They're simply saying that the third-party doctrine doesn't apply to the situation of the mass collection of telephone metadata. This is exactly the sort of thing that I would expect and hope that a complaint like this should raise. And it seems like it would be a great case if, it, if the class gets certified, if it goes through the various levels of the court district, appellate all the way up to Supreme Court, it seems like it would invite the Supreme Court to reconsider the third party doctrine. And in fact, they cite in here another case that was decided recently. Let me go ahead and get to it. But they, in effect, they cite a case that cites Justice Sotomayor, that concurrence that I've talked about, the concurrence from United States versus Jones, in which she says, maybe we need to reconsider the third party doctrine. They cite that in this complaint. So it's teed up properly. Uh, Like I said, you could not in this complaint say, oh, we need to abandon the third-party doctrine and adopt Amy Peacock's view of privacy. That's not reasonable. This is exactly what I think would be appropriate. They're distinguishing Smith. They're saying the third-party doctrine should not apply to the bulk metadata program. They're not saying what should happen to the third-party doctrine. They're just saying whatever you think about the third-party doctrine, this case should not come under it. I wish it wasn't in the footnote. I kind of wish they'd say a little bit more, but but they said enough. They said enough in the complaint. I was happy with it substantively. I was ready to say, "Woohoo, this is awesome." And then I learned by doing a little bit of research this morning that there's been this scandal. And I don't know if you've heard about this scandal. The scandal is that the attorney who actually wrote that brief that I was just skimming and giving you a little bit of the substance of. And again, you can find it through the links at my blog at DontLetItGo.com. You can find that brief and read it for yourself. 18 pages, readable by all laymen, I believe. Uh, Someone else wrote that brief who isn't listed as one of the attorneys at the end of the brief. Go to the Washington Post. Again, I have the link to the story at my blog at DontLetItGo.com. Go to the Washington Post story published yesterday by Dana Milbank, it says emails back the claim that Senator Rand Paul stole the NSA lawsuit. Now, in one sense, what sense of stole does he mean? Does it mean that somebody else actually planned to file the lawsuit and then he did it instead? No, that's not what they mean. What they mean is that there is a constitutional attorney by the name of Bruce Fine. He wrote the complaint. He's the brain behind this complaint. And apparently they dropped him. They replaced him on the complaint by former Virginia Attorney General Ken Cuccinelli. And fine supposedly also had not been fully paid for his work either. But imagine you are working with Senator Rand Paul on an important case. You're doing something that you know about. He obviously knows a great deal about this area. He did a really nice job distinguishing Smith versus Maryland from the bulk metadata and everything. Uh, There's a typo in the heading. Maybe he didn't write the heading. I don't know. I'd like to see the draft that he had written. There's actually a link to the draft from January 15th. But apparently they took this, they edited it, and then they sent it in. But it's very similar to the exact thing that, Bruce Fine had written.
0: Now, now, one thing, when you say the name, Dana Milbank,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Levin calls him David Dana Milbankrupt. Uh, two people in the chat room, Ed and Elliot, say that, no, there's no scandal. The story of David Milbank is false, and Elliot says it was debunked.
3: If so, so,
2: if so I'm very happy. Absolutely. I want. I actually want to go check out this link. I think because if I click on this link here in the chat
4: room, yeah, you know, it's a separate one, window. One, so thing also,
0: a one, thing, one good thing about uh, Rand Paul also is he's willing to pick a fight. With Christie, if you recall, a little while back, now with Hillary, I like that. I like that he's willing to punch him in the nose every so often. He's willing to call uh, Bill Clinton a predator because, they, you know, they talk about the Republican war on women. He goes, war on women? Look at Bill Clinton. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who's right. talking?
2: L- listen to this, though, Ed. Um, you gave me this link, and I actually went there. So the link that you gave me was at rawstory, rawstory.com. David Ferguson published Thursday, February 13th, yesterday at 9.00. 9- 53 in the morning Eastern Time. I assume it's 9.53 in the morning. What I've got is a follow-up story Mm. from Washington Post yesterday 6 p.m. and they actually post in this story. Go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com. You can find the link to it there. They post the links to the emails. The emails that go between Doug who is uh, Paul Uh, Rand Paul's top political advisor, Doug Stafford, and Bruce Fine and or Fine's either partner or associate or whoever, uh, some woman named Maddie Fine. So you'll see the retorts back and forth, and it starts to get pretty nasty after a while, but the gist of it is that Fine, they filed it without really telling him about the date. I guess Fine could have been listed as an attorney of record on it, if he had time to do certain paperwork to get on it at the appropriate time or way or whatever, they basically filed it without telling him that he's not credited on the complaint. He hasn't been paid yet. And this woman, Maddie, I guess broke it to the press and they're upset that she had broken it. Maybe they had intended to bring him in at a certain point, but the concern is, is that basically here's this guy. He's working with Rand Paul. He, puts work in at a rate that is lower than his normal rate. He spent hundreds of hours, et cetera, et cetera. And suddenly it's Ken Cuccinelli. And apparently one of the things that they did is they planted some questions at the press conference that they knew Cuccinelli didn't have the knowledge to answer. Okay. And they got, you know, Cuccinelli and Rand Paul's people, of course, got mad about this because it makes them look bad and it undermines the strength of the lawsuit. But if you have somebody who's the brain power behind your lawsuit and knows the answers to all these questions and then you don't have him standing at the press conference, that's kind of bad. So anyway, Ed, go check it out. Maybe this whole entire rebuttal to it from the Washington Post isn't right, but they're publishing the emails. And I went through and I read all these back and forth and I mean, it, I don't see why this reporter would have reason to lie about this. So it's to me, it's kind of depressing. They actually show a draft of the complaint that was written by Bruce Fine, etc. So check it out and tell me what you think. Uh, Ed asks, how did they get the emails? Fine claims the brief wasn't stolen because Fine was paid, right? And they talk about that in this follow-up report. They say that yes, he claimed that, but nonetheless, even though there's that official statement, there's still all of these emails that went back and forth. I
0: said you know, he doesn't trust the Washington Compost, as Levin calls it. I don't know either, but there must be something to this. Yeah, we'll do,
2: yeah, do check it out. If it's true, I just think it's sad because then it definitely seems political. Because yeah. who is Bruce Fine? I've never heard of him. I've heard of Cuccinelli. Yeah. And in the little statement that Rand Paul did on CNN or whichever news network where he was being interviewed, he made a point of saying, you know, the former attorney general... Right. Ken Cuccinelli and how he's representing it and how somehow this I guess this gives it cachet. If you're you, going if you're, you're going, going for, for governor c- if you're Cuccinelli. going for cachet over substance. Of course. It just makes me sad. Yeah. And you said Cuccinelli has a thing in his past that's not so good either, which well, is yeah, what I mean,
0: Well, I, I, well, you know, critics went after him about the gay marriage and stuff. I guess he's also a supporter of uh, traditional marriage, but that's fine. That, that's not the big Th- No, that's not – but he shunned uh, Ted Cruz. He wouldn't be anywhere near Ted Cruz while he was running for governor of Virginia. Why the hell would he do that? He's supposedly a Tea Party guy, and he, he basically, you know, got, got away from Cruz. He, he would refuse to take a picture with him or even hang out with him at any kind of uh, public event, which is – I don't know. I mean, it tells you something about him. Right. It does. Right. It, it, it diminishes him in my eyes.
2: If you say, look, I'm going to make a political calculation that hanging out with Ted Cruz, who's actually exposing what's going on in yes. Washington, is somehow political poison. And can't
0: he get some – I mean, he might have got knocked over the edge with that. Who knows?
2: What do we have here? Uh, North
0: Virginia, I mean, I just – I don't buy that crap that's a media thing about the fact that the government shut down hurt Republicans. I mean, it really – it's a media-pushed thing. It really is. Ted Cruz cannot shut down the government. He cannot – a single senator cannot shut down the government. It has to be said again and again and again and again. Clearly, people think, well, you know, that'll never happen again, McConnell. What the hell are you talking about? It has happened again and again and again under Reagan, six, seven times. Does anyone say the Republicans paid? He had two landslides back to back. It's a joke. I get pissed off people for even trying to bring that up.
2: No, I think I think that when you don't actually stand up for what you believe in, I think that's when you pay the price. That that would be. My definite take on this.
0: Ed, Ed said the press, yeah. Damn the press. Damn the, the press. They were all for the hack who's in charge right now. You know, McCullough. How many so people what? actually
2: go to the press for their news anymore? The, but, but the so profits what? of the New York Times are down. You know, I mean, right? just
0: because Bush did not shut down a government ever. He was a hack who wrote anything. He, you know, he didn't veto anything. So what? That's, that is scandalous. The fact that he didn't shut down a government when it was growing the way it was. Right,
2: right. So anyway, as as far as I know, this report by the Washington Post seems to be backed up by evidence. I'm interested to see how the story develops. But as it stands right now, this is credible to me. And it's very disappointing to me because I was happy with the substance of the yeah. suit. I was actually ready to go sign up on Rand Paul's page. Oh, that's why. Okay, okay. now I'm remembering. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you guys. My brain farted. But... <laughs> um. I was going yeah. to look for Rand Paul's page. Remember, I kept complaining about the page yes. on his website yes. where you would sign up to be no. part of it. And I told you, I was not filling out the form until I saw the complaint. I read the complaint. I was happy with the complaint. I went searching for the website so I could sign my name and my email on the list and be part of this class action lawsuit, whatever that means. You Because, know, again, I think the court has to certify the class and then they notify through the telephone companies or whatever it is that they're going to do. And then I find this, I find this and I find out that there might be a whole lot of political maneuvering in the background. They might be trying to put a well-known face on this lawsuit, even though it's this guy, Bruce Fine, who did all the work. And I think that's terrible. And actually, I'm embarrassed now because I had written... An email, let's just see what happened. I mean it's not like they were going to answer it anyway. I wrote an email to all of the attorneys who signed the brief right. and said, this is you know great that you brought in the third party doctrine and you were trying to distinguish it. Maybe you'd be interested in my little take on the third party doctrine, you know you can't put this in a complaint today, but someday maybe they'll ban- you know abolish this thing and just wishing them the best that it goes up and asking them if they would be interested in an interview. And now I see that the guy that I would probably want to interview is the guy who wrote the complaint, not well, them. Him, then. Well, but he's not even the guy now. So well, they're, they're, I'm sure that after all this, that yeah. he's not going to be working for Probably Rand Paul. Probably oh, yeah. all this will blow over. And the point is, is despite all this, the lawsuit has the potential to do a lot of good. The substance of the and complaint the thing is guys. there.
0: That, that's something the about Paul and the crews. We'll, we'll be disappointed, but as you know, it's, I mean, what was your original name for the show? It was good.
2: The original name for? For this episode today. Oh, for this episode. Yeah, I said uh, Ted Cruz inspires, then disappoints. But also, and the, I should have said. The one,
0: the earlier one, remember? Oh, oh, good.
2: The... See, I, I had a name for the show I like that it. I didn't dare write down. Why?
0: Why? I liked it. <laughs>
2: Why is it that Ted Cruz and Rand Paul are great and then they suck? Yes, but that's but, perfect. but Ted Cruz doesn't ever suck. No, he, doesn't he suck. disappoints but he does but, no, he doesn't but su- sometimes Rand, Rand Paul, Paul just sucks. kinda sucks.
0: Yes.: yeah. He's good and bad and good and bad and good and bad and uh, again, if you're good and bad you're bad. Overall. But still, if it's him or Hillary, there's no contest. You know he's far better. I mean, in so so many ways.
2: You know, there's a comment on the Washington Post story, and it's by someone who calls himself Rourke 183. So that's he says, why is everyone so concerned about the origin of the lawsuit instead of the nature of the lawsuit? Point well taken in the sense that, regardless of the origin, if there's a scandal behind this or not, as I read the complaint, it has the potential to do a lot of good, which would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see what happens to it going forward. The other thing that disappointed me about Rand Paul this week was uh, something that I heard of an interview of him. Craig, who's a listener to this show, often posts a lot of good links on my blog, and sometimes I do have actual time to go and listen to. He'll, He'll post very long interviews. There's an interview with Rand Paul, and it's not super long. I think it's a half hour or something, but I started watching it or listening to it, and in the beginning of it, he's at a tech conference, some sort of tech.
0: So by the way, was he tired and uh, yawning? No, he all seems tired.
2: He he seemed relatively animated, okay. but he was clearly pandering mm. to the particular audience. So, you know, for me, if you want to call yourself any sort of a libertarian, you should reject the idea that government should be paying for things like research.
0: Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah.
2: Um. Now, there are maybe some things that government needs to do research about. I don't know what they are. You know, they're within their proper scope of government. Research maybe about a particular type of weapon and how it could be, you know, whatever. But I'm talking about just sponsoring research to so-called stimulate the economy, stimulate the private sector via research money. This is the kind of thing that Rand Paul was talking about with this guy. And he did not even mention the issue that perhaps funding research was not a proper purpose of government. Instead, he said, well, I would definitely prefer to spend money on research than to spend money on, and he gave one of those ridiculous uh, examples of the thing, you know, like the government does research on the blue weasel from Arkansas. I'm just making right, it up. Yeah. But, you know, it's something like that. We, 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 we spent $50 million on the blue so weasel so from might well, Arkansas.
0: Might as well blow that money this way. Right, mm-hmm. right. And it's like, I, we're going to blow the money anyway, so let's blow it on you you know, know, nothing.
2: He just basically implied, like, no, but, yeah, no, but, I'd love to no, but, spend money on technological why,
0: research, it, you it, tech
2: conference that, people. That's why you can't trust them. Yeah. If
0: he was consistent, he'd say, well, we shouldn't be blowing the money that, that way.
2: And and the thing that, I mean, you know, Ron Paul, with all his problems, oh, my gosh. Um, oh, man. One thing that I love that he would say is he kept saying, government is force.
3: Yeah.
2: When government is spending money, it's applying force. And... That is what government is doing. Yes. I'd like to see Rand Paul say that a lot yeah. more, and i just I just don't see him
0: by the way i was I was uh, Chris Christie ing before chris Christie ing you know that's a uh, chris Christie ing is eating. <laughs> I had a little banana before
2: <laughs> so you did you had it, so we need to get on to some good news. We really have to. Let's find out. Let's follow that story and see what actually happens to the Rand Paul suit. But, again, I think it has the potential to do some good. One story that came up earlier this week, and I wanted to talk about it on Tammy Bruce and ran out of time, was this from Justice Clarence Thomas. He was speaking earlier this week at Palm Beach Atlantic University in West Palm Beach, Florida. And he was telling the audience there that our society is overly sensitive about
1: race,
2: no. overly sensitive about race. He said that a so- our society today is more conscious of racial differences than it was when he grew up in segregated Georgia Incredible. in the days before and during the civil rights era. Yeah. Here's a quote from Thomas. My sadness is that we are probably today more race and difference conscious than I was in the 1960s when I went to school. To my knowledge, I was the first black kid in Savannah, Georgia, to go to a white school. Rarely did the issue of race come up, Thomas said. And this was during a chapel service, you know, et cetera. He says, now name a day that it doesn't come up. Differences in race, differences in sex, somebody doesn't look at you right, somebody says something, everybody is sensitive. He says, if I had been as sensitive as that in the 1960s, -hmm. I'd still be in Savannah. Mm -hmm. He says, every person in this room has endured a slight. Every person. Somebody has had something that hurt their feelings or did something to them, left them out. He says, that's part of the deal. I say, bravo.
0: Absolutely. It's true. It's true.
2: He also said as part of this, he said that he was treated worse by the northern liberal elites. Oh, yeah. That was the absolute worst that he's ever been treated, even by these people in the segregated South. They didn't treat him as badly. Especially when they gave him,
0: as he put it, a high-tech lynching in his uh, confirmation hearings. They went after his intelligence. They called him dumb. I mean, they were really nasty. Uh, Yeah, that that makes sense. And then you have um, uh, Jesse High Jackson, as uh, Michael Savage calls him. He was speaking the old day. Honestly, he might need a translator. I mean, he really might need a translator. He just burps words out and with no ending sometimes. And, just, and he's talking about how CEOs, there's not enough black CEOs out there. Right. And what's he going to do? Just take over Apple? You know, Jesse Jackson, Apple? No, but that is absolute racism. And uh, that's what you got for a quote-unquote civil rights leader today. That's, that's what passes for that.
2: In the chat room over here, Elliot says, overly sensitive, how <laughs> dare he? And he says he's running off from crying. That's
0: right. <sighs> I mean, talk about the hypersensitivity, though, of Muslims. Let's talk about that for the next eight minutes, the last eight minutes of the show. I'm joking. No, you, you guys talk about that for hours. You could.
2: Do you know that Daniel is accusing you of perhaps eating a banana muffin?
0: Muffin, no. It was banana with almond butter. And as I said, I was crisp. You're, 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 you're,
2: you're still doing the grain-free oh, thing, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, I am. I am. 100% grain-free. By the way, the uh, coffee, I'm not going back to sugar or, or cream at all. I tried it Although the one day it after. Although you cheated today? No. no. You said,
2: didn't you have a whole milk latte? Yeah, well,
0: that's, you did. Yeah, but no sugar, no nothing. Ah. I mean, I, I asked them for butter. They they wouldn't do it. They <laughs> couldn't do it. They said, oh, we can't do that. I said, okay. But uh, it's no more sugar. I mean, I, I'm still like, I'm shocked that it actually tasted good, even a latte without that.
2: No. That's good. We've converted you. We've uh, converted you to the non sweet. So this is this is I think excellent. We never eat
0: a banana. you're right.
2: Not only is Clarence Thomas one of the better people on the court, he is saying I think important things. And Rand predicted, right, when you again if you have a government that gives out favors according to what group you are Mm -hmm. in Watch how fast people sort themselves Absolutely into this group right. or that group or the other group. And they're very Absolutely conscious of which right. they're, which group they're in and they're against the other group that's yeah. over there. Balkanization. Yeah.
0: Absolutely right. Yeah. The individual, knock him out. Undermine him. Uh, marginalize him, the, the individual. Group it up.
2: I mean, and, say, cash yeah, in, and cash in. Cash and, in. And, and the contempt, you know, Obama. He delays Ugh. the employer mandate, but the individual mandate, ah. Who cares, you know? And the individual market for health insurance, he says, oh, it's just 5%. So all of you people who are out there doing your own thing and working for yourself and having to provide insurance for yourself, you're probably the most independent people out there. Obama is gloating over screwing you guys over.
0: Can I make a request out there to your listeners? Sure. If anyone can find a, a critical review of Marvel's new quote-unquote Muslim superhero, Miss Marvel, number one, can you please send it my way? Please, on Facebook and my blog. I've looked. I can't find it anywhere.
2: We're supposed to be talking about that day. Anyway, if you, if you do want to talk about Miss Marvel, the new Muslim superhero with Bosch, go follow him yeah. at boston.blogspot.com or go to his Facebook page where he has been posting and commenting about that comic because just, apparently it is it is getting uniformly oh positive and glowing I mean, positive it's reviews. Shocking. Yeah.
0: I read it. And yeah, I don't agree with, with, with the idea of, you know, pushing Islam. It's a mediocre comic on every level. I mean, it really is. I don't even know what the hell is going on And and And, and, have to, and the language, her home life with her Muslim family, it's pushed on us. For, and by the way, the first words, listen to this, the first words of the main character, she's sniffing bacon behind a glass and going, mmm, infidel meat. Now, first of all, no Muslim ever speaks that way. You know, if there's one thing even the least devout Muslims never did was partake in, in bacon. They never ate bacon. I mean, my cousin was beaten because she bought the wrong kind of, of uh, bologna. It was pork. So even the least devout Muslims will not eat pork. So just stupid.
2: <laughs> yeah, but most people who read it, they think, oh, that's so cute. That's just adorable that she talks about oh, infidel man. meat. Oh. Maybe maybe next week we need to talk about that as well. But I want to have a little time here for a good news story out of the courts, out of the Ninth Circuit. And it's not even Judge Kaczynski on the panel. I went and looked to see if it was Judge Kaczynski, perhaps, who was involved in this three-judge panel on this case. The story I have is from Hot Air. Hat tip to Carrie out on Twitter who sent this to me. And, by the way, hat tip to Ed who's hanging out in the chat room because he actually sent me the link to the Ted Cruz, Mark Levin interview.
0: No, just give us kudos. Cool.
2: Oh, people gave us some kudos here. Yay. Right. Cool. Um, awesome. I always like kudos. So anyway, hot air story says the Ninth Circuit, the Second Amendment guarantees the right to carry a gun in public. And apparently what happened in San Diego, they tried to have a regulation for a concealed carry per- permit permit. And they wanted to have some sort of extra condition, a unique risk of harm that applied to you that you had to show before you would be allowed to carry a gun for self-defense. And the Ninth Circuit said, no, that is not allowed. And in fact, here's an excerpt from the opinion. It says, the Second Amendment secures the right not only to keep arms, but also to bear them. The verb whose original meaning is key in this case They say, saving us the trouble of pulling the 18th century dictionaries out ourselves, the court already has supplied the word's plain meaning, quote, at the time of the founding, as now, to bear meant to carry. And this is the Heller opinion from Supreme Court. They say, yet not carry in the ordinary sense of conveying or transporting an object, as one might carry groceries to the checkout counter or garments to the laundromat, but carry for a particular purpose, which is confrontation. This is the natural meaning of bear arms. Yep. So, Second Amendment is ultimately a right of self-defense. It can't be that you can only have the weapons in your own house. You need to be able to carry them as well. And so, to put an extra requirement on a hmm. provision for being able to carry, obviously, you're not. You shouldn't be allowed to carry a gun if you're a convicted felon Absolutely. or there's, you know, the normal kind of checks for safety but you shouldn't have to say oh i have a unique position with respect to my risk there's right. you know there's a restraining order that i have against somebody who poses me harm or there something are like that there's peaceful
0: muslims muslims coming to get me i mean peaceful muslims
2: peaceful ones uh so they say that you can either ban open carry or you can ban concealed carry but you can't ban carrying entirely without completely depriving people of their right to quote unquote bear Arms.
0: And that's the whole point. They want to wipe out the Second Amendment without wiping out the Second Amendment. They want to go around it, undermine it.
2: Do you know that we are almost out of time here? And I, I'm, I'm afraid to I see. Just, i
0: got to we, go
2: we have 40 seconds. If, if, you would, if you like today's show, if you would like to support today's show or support any of our shows, our future shows, go to my blog at DontLetItGo.com. You can also leave comments about today's show there. We can continue the discussion about the topics. And now thanks to our sponsor, Audible. You can also support the show and get a free trial at Audible by going to audibletrial.com forward slash Amy That's A-M-Y-P-E-I-K-O-F-F. Thanks, everyone. Have a good weekend and happy Valentine's Day. Take care.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
3: A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire,
0: huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms
3: conditions apply. The website for details.